We are leading a global quantum shift of the brain. We are engineering a shift in global consciousness. We are breeding a new generation of thought-provoking leaders. We are Sir Max Network. Sing your song. And if nobody listens, sing it alone and enjoy it. These are the words coming through from Osho. Sing your song. And if nobody listens, sing it alone and enjoy it. Osho. Welcome to another episode of Semex Network. I am Semex, a knowledge premier. I am the real number 10. And this is Semex Network. Thank you for everyone who's connecting with us throughout the globe on all the major podcast platforms across the world. Spotify, on Google Podcast, on Mixcloud, everywhere. Just go out and look for Cmax Network. If you are listening to this show right now, you are part of the top 10% of the people who are vibrating at the higher, higher level of consciousness. Thank you for making us number one. This broadcast is coming live from Mahikeng FM 96.7. And we are interactive on our social media platforms at SamXSA on Twitter. Our WhatsApp hotline is up and running. 064-729-0819 064-729-0819 And we continue to ask life's biggest questions We exist to ask life's biggest question And we attempt to bring answers to that So that is why we always invite you to be part of this conversation Another week, you know, another opportunity You know, to create something meaningful You know, to create magic and ecstasy Out of this beautiful, beautiful life Be with us Every week we trot in the globe to bring you some of the world's top thinkers and I can tell you with a smile, smiling from ear to ear that today I'm actually excited of this guest who's joining us on CMX Network. Ladies and gentlemen, CMX Network starts now. This Monday, the 7th of November, 2022, on the Sam Max Network, from 6 p.m. until 7 p.m., our guest is a solo traveler and author of the travel memoir titled A Safari Back to South, backpacking 54 countries in Africa, having traveled four continents across the world, a graduate in engineering computer systems, also holds a B.Tech degree in knowledge management. Ladies and gentlemen, our guest is Buibilo Tadiani Subi. She joins Sir Max the Champ this Monday, the 7th of November, 2022, from 6 p.m. until 7 p.m. Discussing the topic, a safari back to South. Don't miss this exciting interview of a well-traveled, unique individual making a difference. The Sir Max Network is here. Of course, the CMX Network is here and she is joining us on the line. Uh, Bipilo, welcome to CMX Network. Thank you, CMX. Lovely to speak to you and it's a pleasure to be on the CMX Network. Greetings to the listeners. It's always a great pleasure to have these conversations with you, Bipilo. And every time I have an opportunity to have this conversation with you, we do. And I enjoy listening to you speak. Your your amazing story, uh, B, is very, very important. And today we have an opportunity also to engage on this one. I wonder, as you were listening to the intro that we have recorded for you, what was going through your mind? Um, well, I think for one, the quote that you said in the beginning just made me think about how true that is, especially regarding the fact that I traveled solo and... Um, it's a path I choose to take regardless of whether I was going it alone or with other people. Beautiful stuff. B, I've spoken to you so many times, but there's no way I can engage the book. We're going to talk about your amazing book that you that you released. But just to give a background, you know, to people to understand the significance of your story. You are from Khanyesa 
It's a village in South Africa. But we have traveled solo. 54 of the... I'm not sure now if it's 55, but uh, as as you were writing the book, it was 54 of the 55 countries. And you share your story with the hope of exposing Africans to each other as a way to build compassionate relations. For many people who may not know that back... uh, I'm not sure in what year you will tell us that, where Mm -hmm. this soul-searching mission came, this strong longing, this edge to take your backpack and say, I'm going into this continent. Tell us more. Okay. Yes. Um, so the, the countries are still 54. I have still not been able to get to Libya. I'm waiting for approval, for visa approval since end of last year. So as things still stand, Libya is still outstanding for me to complete the journey across the whole continent. Um, more than anything, Samex, I think now that I am where I am, after being to, after having been to all these countries that I've been to, I realized that um, part of the, the purpose for this for me was to be the voice that adds on to the voices that share positive news about Africa. Um, the voice that make us as Africans want to do more for each other, to do more for our continent at large and hopefully build together and see each other for who we truly are, not for the paint the the picture that has been painted about who we are beautiful stuff and do you think are you are you winning uh, into doing that ever since you came back are you winning into that the stories that you bring you know the pictures that you bring the experiences that you bring back uh, are you happy how it is received it's a slow process but it's a slow process but i think um more than anything now i appreciate how there's more of those stories out there. There's more of those good stories that make people want to know more about Africa. I see more engagement um, about, like amongst African African countries. Recently, I was at a conference, uh, a tourism conference, an African tourism conference, and I loved how it seems that slowly but surely, African leaders who are, who have the powers to change things are slowly. It's a very slow process, but there's light. Finally, I feel like we're moving somewhere, you know, regarding whether we're going to be doing business amongst each other as Africans or the progress we are trying to make regarding access into different African countries, especially by Africans. So I would say slowly, slowly. The noise yeah. is starting to make a difference. Slowly, slowly it's happening. Now, I uh-huh. am convinced, be that there are no coincidences in life. I believe that all these chance encounters have a deep spiritual meaning to them. I'm saying this against a backdrop that today, it is the 7th of November in 2022. Now, this is a big day in a book that you have authored. And I want to read something for you. And... I hope that you actually remember what was happening in this day. We landed in Juba International Airport at 13.15 and were shown to a white container for a quick health check. Most of the passengers from my plane were Ghanaian peacemakers to South Sudan. We stood under the dry, scorching sun, filling out forms. After handling my forms, after handing my forms over, my temperature was read and written down. I proceeded to immigration where the lady didn't seem to know what the paper with my temperature was for. She requested my yellow fever certificate and after some time, she scanned my thumbs, then eventually stamped me in and handed back my passport saying, welcome to South Sudan. When I picked my bag up from where I had already seen it laid, I noticed that my sleeping bag had been detached from where I had strapped it in to protect sensitive items and hoped nothing was broken. I borrowed a phone to call my contact Winnie, but was told the number I had I had no longer valid. Winnie appeared just as I was calling another person and she apologized for being late, saying she panicked on the way when she remembered that she had not for, uh, give, she has not given me the number. 
the new number. New numbers were introduced to the country around June. So the old ones were only active on WhatsApp. What was happening on this day? It was the 7th of November 2018. It was on a Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for the beautiful reminder. <laughs> so on that particular on this day, this was twenty nineteen, right? No, twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen, seventh yeah. November. I had just flown into Juba, South Sudan from Somaliland. Two countries uh currently still people feel like uh I a bit shaky to go into. But, but what stood out for me between those two countries is how, not even how, but it was just an emphasis on something that I had been experiencing across so many other countries that one of our biggest resources in Africa is the people. Yeah. And no matter, no matter how, there will always be that, that person that wants to help you or that wants to take care of you and make sure that they don't leave you. Until you actually sorted out. So, yeah, that was the day I arrived in Juba. And then also, uh, another interesting part of, of that was that how I met the peacekeepers would be that a couple of weeks or months later, I would travel through Ethiopia again. And then, because I had flown through Ethiopia from Somaliland to, to South Sudan. And then I would travel, and traveling alone, I always um, looked out for people that I could interact with and, and I guess make friends as I went. And I broke the ice by talking to some other guys that I could I could recognize through their bags that they were part of the peacekeepers because of this the peacekeepers that you talk about and they were surprised and that's how the story of our relationship and spending time with me in Ethiopia a couple of weeks later came about. We're in conversation with uh Okay, you. We had lost you for a while there, B. Are you? Uh, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. All right, beautiful stuff. Yes. Uh, where did you lose me? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think we've had a better part of 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 what you you were saying when we get to South Sudan. Yeah. Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I was just also highlighting how the peacekeepers that I met there. Uh, I would recognize other peacekeepers a, a couple of weeks later on another trip that took me through Ethiopia. And because I was always looking out for people to hang out with and be and make friends with, I noticed that these people, this other group of peacekeepers were peacekeepers because of um, the bags and, and how I had recognized this one on the previous trip to Juba. And that's how our story started. And they were surprised to know that I knew that they were peacekeepers because also it's something that they keep on a, on a low. But because I had already interacted with peacekeepers before on the same route through Ethiopia, it was easy for me to pick them up. And that's how I ended up hanging out with another group of peacekeepers. Beautiful stuff. Now, this book, you have called it A Safari Back to Self, Backpacking 54 Countries in Africa. A Safari Back to Self, what does it mean? I think let me start by breaking down the word safari. So safari is a word that just means journey. It's a Swahili word that means journey. And it means, I it means what? Journey. Oh, journey, yes. 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 And I and so many other people all along thought safari is has something to do with a game drive that's taken by people that are not African that come into Africa for game drives. So it was a pleasant surprise for me once I started learning a few basic words of different languages to learn that these huge words just simply mean journey. Yeah. And then for me also, um, the whole thing that I traveled through so many countries, but as I traveled... It was just more of um, reaffirmation of who I am as an African, reaffirmation of who we are as Africans, and and the beauty that we carry, and the and the I guess the beautiful practices that makes us who we are. So the journey for me through African countries also gave me time to to pause and you know like take a break from my busy everyday life. And just taking that time and, and, and focusing on other things gave me moments where I could appreciate things that I already, some of the things that I already lived with in my normal life, but I would have never seen the beauty, I guess, in them because you do them as you go. It's like how we 
we take breathing for granted. We, you know, we just breathe until the day that you can't breathe. And then only then do you realize the beauty of breathing. So for me, it was that as well, realizing the beauty of African and African practices and just the the things that make us who we are and the beauty and the uniqueness that we carry that I could now focus on. It's not easy. If it was easy, there'd be no Kerry Washington. If it was easy, there'd be no Taraji Henson. If it were easy, there'd be no Octavia Spencer. But not only that, if it were easy, there'd be no Viola Davis. If it were easy, there'd be no Michael T. Williamson, no Stephen McKinley Henderson, no Russell Hornsby. If it were easy, there'd be no Denzel Washington. So keep working, keep striving, never give up, fall down seven times, get up eight. Without commitment, you'll never start. But more importantly, Without consistency, you'll never finish. Ease is a greater threat to progress than hardship. Ease is a greater threat to progress than hardship. So keep moving, keep growing, keep learning. See you at work. Previously on the Sir Max Network. Coco Dineo, I've often heard people bury ish, but you mobaka have a mag. Why would you like it in that instance? I think we give Badimu too much responsibility over our lives. Badimu yeah. are our guides and guardians, but they can never interfere with our sovereignty. They always work with what we want. I used to believe the same thing, Samuel. Even when I left my husband, I was like, no, the ancestors also guided me, but there was yeah. a desire. So let's also be clear that we do have our own desire. Mm. And then we will get the guidance that really leads us to our desire. So that when things go wrong, we don't then blame the ancestors. We take full responsibility. We take responsibility. That I said, yes, sometimes we want to excuse our misbehavior, Skabadim. So understand that your ancestors cannot go above your first self. They cannot impede upon your free will, even in relationships. The Sam Max Network is here. Indeed, you are listening to Samex Network, and thank you for everyone who's part of this conversation. Today, we are conversing with Buipilo Tladiniani Thubi, author of an amazing book, uh, Chronicling Her Journey, Backpacking 54 Countries in Africa. It's called A Safari Back to Self. So we are getting deeper into it now. B, it's been how many years since, since, since this journey now? Um, the last trip I took was end of April, beginning of May 2019. So, so it's been probably just over three years. Yes. Ever That's since you completed this, when you closed it or rounded it off, I mean, backpacking 54 countries in Africa, how has this journey, how has this safari influenced or changed your course of life? Do you see things differently now or the type of work that way? Because how no Yahudira Tiroi, you resigned Konung Oberekate and Ubozadi saving Sitahaho, Hodidirisa, Hoka, Hoka Trevola. As if it was a young Etilayabotilabah, Okay, uh, I think I would say more that it changes how I feel through things or how I feel about things. And the biggest part of that for me personally that I always uh, talk about is how I learned from Because I felt very, you know, like, yes, you feel happy on your usual life and then you have those down days where you let things just take you out of that that you know, that yeah. line and derail you. But then I got to, to remember how when I traveled, I was happy almost every single day. And then I realized that I needed to take uh, some of the practices. Like I looked back at to wh- why, what was it? And I saw that it was more of the the simplicity of the everyday life. And I've now in my everyday life learned and try and I try to incorporate 
um, more better, especially whenever I feel like I'm not feeling like as good as I should. I create that bubble for myself. Part of those things are like some of the practices that I experienced then was things like how families would, would sit around dinner tables or be lunch, whatever, and have meals together and get to catch up on, on like each other's day. How generally when people sit down for tea, they take their time and they sit down and they use that as a moment to unwind and just, you know, like let go of anything else that could have just um, put their days, let their days go any other way. One of the, okay, no, I don't think anyone is really relevant, but <laughs> to this question, but maybe let me just mention it since it came to mind. One of the practices that I loved was um, I got exposed to to the Islamic way of uh, like cleaning yourself after toilet juice. I think we all kind of know what that is about. Uh, clean, but clean what yourself I loved, after? Toilet juice. Mm-hmm. But what I loved more about it was how it was something that I knew of. I didn't really, I had never experienced, never paid attention to growing up. But because we have like the small percentage of Islam um, around South Africa, it, it was a practice. You know how even in our public toilets, we have like toilets that are specially for Islam. And most of us have never even opened that door. We just know that other people go in there and those of us who don't practice the religion don't go in there. But what was special for me about this was how since I got to now engage in this, by the time after I gave birth and I was still healing, that practice of using water to like clean yourself and actually feel really clean and refreshed uh, came in very handy. So those are just some of like, uh, at that point, that was like one of those beautiful things that came in handy for me in my life. Mm-hmm. But then out of <laughs> but then out of that, some of the practices I just like that that I was telling you about taking time out of my day in the morning. Like I say, it's mostly things that you I probably preached to you. You know, like take your time in the morning, meditate, but then. You usually would never really take it seriously unless there's a need. But for me, it was not more of need, but more of practice and having lifted and realizing the benefit that I chose to now incorporate these things in my life and try to be more conscious of of how I feel through the day, every day, and how I can change uh, things to make myself feel better when I can. O santo reditsa Max Network rebuisana le buipelo tla dinyane hlobi rebuisana ka buka ya gaage ya sesweng e ai kholotseng moraga gore a tsamaye a etele dinaga di le soma mahlano le bone mo Afrika ka kakaretso e a tshere beke ya gaage fela mo go yone buka e o bua ka maitemogelo wa gaage a nileng leone ke buka entle thata e leng gore mongwe le mongwe ha o ka buisa buka e e ka go ruta ka Afrika ene go ruta ka yone ka maitemogelo a a tshidileng e seng fela Afrika ka tsele batho ba ibuang ka yone ke se o ri buang ka sone magareng ga dinaga tsa di tsamaileng go na le thogo e ileng go go yone ka di 10th May 2018 one ale ona le go thogo wa kwala ka yone and then sabobedi hana ya ko Nigeria ene le ka gwede ya May ka di 6 tsa yone ale ko ale ko Nigeria so buke e tlhalosa tsotlhe maitemogelo a anileng lone eh go ka fetola the perception e batho ba bantsi ba nang leone ya gore Africa Jang. Eh, tota una tamaka bisi a tamaka di taxi una sa fufi asa tamaka se fufani jaka batu babanti bakadira se sene se bonsa tata bokata mela masisi tata mwea di lota buangato neka di 10 February 2016 hono kuli laboraro hana yako Ethiopia kibuka entle tata ele mkore amen um, a young woman nare karijwa nanka ibu ayalo tota akata ya eh, murero omu hulu omu botulombahare hukadira serbisa na ene gompieno ha ile gore ona le potso ona le tshwaelo kgotsa maitemogelo a karatang go abelana le rona ra ka itumela thata gore rutlo gore wena wa reng o ka re kwalla moletswa ga go ko twitter ke @samxsa kgotsa wa re kwalla ko whatsapp whatsapp hotline ya rona ka tshwaelo kgotsa ka voice note sa 15 second tele le soma marataro ke 0647290819 jano bipelo ke batla o o setso o thatsitse mo go ka siabe the influence ya uh, yeah, the Islam because how travel the West Africa we are probably East and Southern Islam Islam 
se moa sa gago se ile sa megaka ka tsela entseng jang bika gore o ka se diri le o ka se tseletole o se open minded ha o tsaletole o kopana le batho ba ba farologane a e fetotse ka tsela eo neng o o bona se moya ka teng khotsa ka tseleng tjang dilo tsentseng o bua ka tsonetse um i think also one of the things that stood out for me regarding that was how different religions um uh like work together especially in other countries i guess like since we are also using islam as an example here there's a country uh guinea bissau guinea bissau i remember it's one of those countries that i went into where islam and christianity work together very well but then also the result of that is the part of that i guess is that in other countries islam is not just a religion it's also like a culture tradition so i was amazed and and i i loved how they practice like both religions that both dominating religions practice each other's religion they celebrate each other they work together uh, for each other in each other's religions like this this that harmony and it was beautiful to see considering how in most of the the stories or cases it's always as if it should be one or the other and you know that we we cannot like they cannot work together in that way mm-hmm. and then also also um another thing of of the previous question you were asking me was how I've always loved stories and people's stories but then I think also traveling gave me that like the, that journey gave me the confidence like more confidence to be able to walk up to people now in my everyday life and and want to find out more about people's stories sometimes it's not always a good idea but in most cases <laughs> I just love how I walk up to people and then it's beautiful to always also see how people love to be seen and their stories to be heard i don't think it's like always intentional from my side but then i've always loved the benefit of it of it and also knowing how everybody has a story you know i have this thing where i've always had it where i i separate my my waste regarding plastic bottles and stuff and then i would walk around drive around with the plastic bottles and when i see people like the people that collect them I stop and I talk to them and you know and then all the stories and then getting to know people's stories and seeing how you could maybe help a little bit just for that day or where you can and the difference that it makes to another person's life just for the day also I find I think having been cared for so much um it it always comes to me that when I feel like somebody else that's standing somewhere might use my help I feel the yeah. need to to give back in that regard and I just make a difference a small difference in my world in that way. Ka tina ko tsedintse ha re bua bi eh thata gona dinaga tse o ka gona le stereotypes se rileng dinaga tse di tshwana le bo Nigeria. Eh maitemogelo a batho bana lone ka ma Nigeria ba ba mo Africa borwa. Eh gone gontse yang ha le ko Nigeria wa kwala mo mo bukenya gago or the second time a ene le le ghetlhola bo bedi u ya Nigeria ene se le ghetlhola ntla ene le yang Nigeria so so mo bukenya ka kina le mo ke kwalang ka first time ya thing le second time so because my 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 journey was through land travel i had access to Nigeria from Cameroon this was now the my first time ever in Nigeria and then uh my husband was supposed to come join me in Nigeria but then he got hijacked in South Africa like two days or so before he could travel and he lost his passport and he was going to be bringing some of the so I had separated my luggage when I left uh with what I would live with and then what with what he would bring for me so now I needed to come back into the country to fetch like into South Africa to fetch some of my things and go fly back into into Nigeria to continue my journey by road as I had entered Nigeria by road and I wanted to exit by road so the flying back into was my second time in Nigeria but I think for me mother like I had always you know the thing the thing about how we view african how we view each other has a lot to do with exposure So there was that era when when we started seeing Nigerian movies on TV and we would hear Nigerian music and for most of us I guess for me that's when I started falling more in love with Nigeria and wanting to see this place it's always I guess how the the place is painted that would change your 
narrative about it and and how you feel about it and its people. So for me, going into Nigeria, I was looking forward to the music, meeting, looking forward to meeting the people and hearing like the the pidgin English for myself. Yeah. And also, it was the one country where I was like, when I get to Nigeria, I'm, I have to go to a club and listen to Nigerian music <laughs> in Nigerian club and see how people react to it. And I got to experience it. And then the food as well, because of I think Nigeria being being um, shown so much on on TV. Actually, let me let us say Nigerians showing themselves because there's what what the rest of the world writes about Nigeria uh-huh. and the rest of Africa, and then there's the, how we write about ourselves. So Nigeria is one of those countries that have taken it upon themselves to write positive stories about themselves. So there was their food, like it was, it had already been well marketed to me that I was already excited about going into Nigeria. Nothing was going to change how how it turned out for me. And then Lagos, for example, was one of those big ones. And then unfortunately for me, the day that I arrived in Lagos, I started feeling sick. And then I had a host that I was staying with. And then the next day in the morning when he left for work, he was saying to me that he suspects that I have uh, malaria. And I thought it was that and I was going to go. He was going to send somebody to go get me medication from the chemist and all that. And also for me, I guess, uh, yeah, you know, one of those things that we don't really think about. It was only then that I realized that also malaria can be treated in such like light that somebody can say, I'll send someone to go get you medication. I thought this should be an emergency situation. I should be getting rushed into a hospital mm. already. But then anyway, I ended up going to a hospital because I had uh, travel insurance and then I ended up going to a hospital. And then the doctor said I had food poisoning, which was just a result of my system, um, yeah. I guess, interacting with so many food and so many things across so many countries, I guess, in a short period of time. And I remember saying to the doctor, so doctor, what does this mean? Does it mean I have to stop eating street food? And he said to me, no, how are you going to know the culture now? You have to Mm. eat. (laughs) And then from there also, I now knew how my body reacts before it actually fully um, shuts down from food poisoning. And then now, Going forward, every time I could see the the symptoms, I would treat it, and that's how I got through the rest mm-hmm. of the country, continuing to eat local, eating okay. on the street, eating in people's homes. Di kanteri manate elirure. Rakuba kwebing bi marharuzo kuba kwebing. Rukuhu ba tataka se abesa sabuka eliti ronzi muidi rakajana. Elongora motel wayone kile tole la kaholo sitemkwa kudina kendi le soma matano lebone za Afrika mara. Kera kuba kwebi marharibuwa kibataribuweka. Uh, <laughs> Previously on the Sir Max Network. I want to give thanks to you and your ancestors for creating such a platform because a platform like this is a good beginning. It's a stepping stone towards the African retrieving their identity, you know, retrieving the knowledge of their ancestors. And because when you're looking at this, those three principles, these are the organizing principles, or I call them as the organizing principles, because they are the ones that are going to make sure that your mind is organized, you know, your body is organized, you see, and then your spirit also is organized because the opposite of organization is chaos mm. so, so you need these three principles as the organizing tools that will make sure that your state of life is in an organized state The Sam Max Network is here As far as the North Pole is from the South, we are bridging the knowledge gap from centuries past. We inspire you to find your true North. From Timbuktu to Alexandria, from the city of Johannesburg to New York, from the Zulus to the Dogon people, we're disrupting the knowledge economy. We are Sir Max Network. We are leading a global quantum shift of the brain. We are engineering a shift in global consciousness. We are breeding a new generation of thought-provoking leaders. We are Sir Max Network.
As far as the North Pole is from the South, we are bridging the knowledge gap from centuries past. We inspire you to find your true North. From Timbuktu to Alexandria, from the city of Johannesburg to New York, from the Zulus to the Dogon people, we're disrupting the knowledge economy. We are Sir Max Network. ya Africa. Ukwadile buka ibitang a safari back to self. Backpacking 54 countries in Africa. How nali puto unali twaelo kota na lema itebunghelo au karatangwa abela na lerona WhatsApp hotline yarona. Yadira ukaromela malaita. 064-729-0819 kota go Twitter ke at SamaxSA. Bi aribuwe kadi nakate udi kaile njaka edi di nakate di matiaka tse go laola mbomme tse go farologaneng mo go tsone bomme bana le seabe sa maemo a go godimo oke um naka e e nka bua nka ene ke binibisao particularly island i think lina la that island is orango yeah orango island and it was an island that i arrived at by chance it was not part of part of my journey but then the people that I ended up pairing up when I was in another island uh, were going that way and they offered me a lift in their boat. So I decided to make my way there as well. But um, so I, I already knew before I went there that it's a matriarchal island and it's a matriarchal space, I guess. But as much as I guess I, I expected to see much more than I saw, maybe times have changed and and the way they do things have now changed from how it used to be done before because for example when we got there in the morning we were attending a community meeting with this this people that I was with because they were there on business and I expected from what I had heard and what I knew about the, the, the place I expected for there to be more women there in the decision making, like to make the decision. Mm. But then again, I guess also it doesn't necessarily mean that to make the decision you have to be there in person, right? It could be that they are influencing from a different angle and they have other people representing their interests. But I just, I guess in my own way, I expected more to see more women there uh, representing their own interests, which was not necessarily the case. But yeah, that Orango is one of those islands because there's a, I forget now, the queen there that fought for the independence of that, that island yeah. from the colonizers. Because yeah. I was going to ask you, Jorge, why do you say it's matriarchal? Is it because you were told or have you experienced or had a sense, yeah, Jorge, things are done differently here? Mm, I think it was more because I was told that disappointingly i guess for me it's not very clear in in yeah. how i saw things except for that i know that they still practice uh a thing where women choose their own husbands like it's more the women that choose the partners and the partners choosing like the the men parade for the women more than i guess the other way around yeah. and the women get to choose this also the women approach like the women would lead and approach uh men Yes, yes. I guess also more than approach, they would they pick. So mm. men are always like trying to be picked, <laughs> and mm. then the, so men must impress yes. the women so that they yes, can, yeah. Yes. So the women just sit there minding their own business until they feel like, oh, okay, no, I see you. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> I choose you. Have you had an opportunity to in in conferences, in sessions, official sessions where? 
this book was discussed where you were discussing this book. So the question basically is to find out what does this book mean for you and who is this book for? How is this book going to find the voice in the African continent? Okay. So I think more than more than discussions about the book, it has been that the, the existence of the book has given me platforms where I can Mm-hmm. talk more about my experience in, in Africa and and I guess suggest certain things that that I see now that some of them might be to like I had two two events separate events that I've been to where for the first time this year they started <laughs> incorporating like African cuisine as a main okay. The with the other one it wasn't as a main but it was so well accepted that they, I guess, realized and that, that I was part of a panel where we were talking about how there needs to be more of what we offer. You know, we need to pride ourselves in what we offer. People cannot be coming, for example, into South Africa and they leave not having tasted, they're here in business and they leave not having tasted any of our African dishes. And then I went recently to Botswana and one of the things that, all the delegates they were were happy about was how we, they were eating Botswana cuisine for breakfast, lunch, supper every single day, and I guess now it's it's nice to see that that whole thing of we need to show the world who we are and and give them who we are and and give value to who we are so that they can be demand for what we have to offer is taking shape slowly. So I guess the book is giving me more the platform to to have a voice in, in certain things and hopefully that voice influences certain decisions elsewhere that gets to benefit how things are done in, in the African space and how we make it ourselves and what we want the world to know and what we want ourselves to know about each other. Mm-hmm. Now, out of curiosity, mm-hmm. uh, uh, B, but how where you were sleeping for your accommodation? Were you paying? Uh, were you staying in lodges, hotels, or the people that you were staying with? Uh, how was it working? So in some, in some places I was paying. In in most places, especially so my journey spans from like 2016 to 2019, right? So in 2016, most of the places that I slept. Eight hours I was paying, and then when I started traveling in 2018, I came across like hosting hosting platforms, and I started using them where I could, and and you know like mixing that with paying for accommodation. But the mix, and then where I paid for accommodation, most of the time I just made sure that I had a roof and uh, over my head, and it was safe to be where I was, and then I would sleep there. I was not really looking for luxury. But then more than that also is because there were people that were sleeping in those places too. Because I was traveling by road, I would be with people moving from either one town to another or one country to another for business. And they knew of cheap places close by bus stations and places like that where we could sleep. And because they were going to sleep there and it was people that I was already um, on a journey with, I knew also that it was okay for me to sleep there and I would sleep there. And in other cases, those same people would be going either to a friend to go sleep there or an aunt and they would invite me to come with. And and yeah, and that's how I ended up some of the time sleeping in people's houses more than using the platform. Sometimes it would just be people who get to hear my story and they invite me into their homes or people that I've met in other countries who have relatives in other countries and they would talk to their people to accommodate me when I get there and they would. And for me, that was the best. That's the best part of it, you know, that yeah. once you're in a person's home, then you are really experiencing the country and the people for 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 what they are and for who for what the places and for who the people are. Because you get to eat what they, what they eat, you get to understand even the the living costs and, you know, how they go about their everyday life because they take you along and they and then you also can build your own your own view of how things work. Because now you get like real, real, but 
Salif Keita pina bi dua fela ke so reba gona go tshwanela re ke go tse ke go ise go nageng ya Mali go bophirima jwa naga ya Africa because re buisana le buipilo I'm sure wa smile a fela bi how to pina it takes you back uh, to where you have been mm-hmm. and I think also you just reminded me how Mali still owes me you know <laughs> so <laughs> I like one of my the biggest things when I went to Mali was to get to Timbuktu. Oh, and it, yes, and it was something that I had heard that it's very difficult to get to. Besides the fact that we grew up being told like with that saying of "I'll kick you from here to Timbuktu" and thinking Timbuktu is a place one cannot reach. But I remember getting in Mopti, which is a town kind of like in the center of of the country. And I got there and I had uh, a plan for like to have three days to, to figure out my way to Timbuktu. And on the very same day, the first day that I got there, I found transport and I bought a ticket and I paid for my transport that I was leaving the next day to go to Timbuktu. And I could not believe my luck. And then at night, a tour guide came to see me who was told about me by another tour guide I had met in a different town. And this guy in the morning then came to give me transport to the bus station. And I don't know how we got to that part. And I asked him, do you think I should go to Timbuktu? And he stopped his motorbike and he started crying. No, my sister, you know, yesterday when I came to see you, I really wanted to tell you not to go to Timbuktu. But then I saw how determined you were. And I thought since I'm a tour operator, you would not buy my story because you think I just want to take you on a different tour. But currently, especially in the way that you are going, I know that you feel like it's safe. I see I was the only foreigner, I guess, in the in the in that seven feet or something. And he said to me, but that's going to make you stand out even more. And currently at that time, specifically the, the riots on, on that route were rife. And he was saying to me, I don't really think you'll make it to Timbuktu. Aish. And for me, that's how I, I always talk about how I relied on locals because most locals are proud of their countries and they would yeah. not stop you from going to where you can go. And when she said that, I was disappointed, but I knew I had to take it. And I decided yeah. not to go to Timbuktu and he ended up taking me on, on other places. And yeah, so I still have to go to Timbuktu. 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 <laughs> 
What type of work do you do? Are you focusing on something? What project are you taking now as we wrap up? I'm trying where I can to to share more of my knowledge, my the experience. Because for me also, yeah, some that's like what I'm doing currently besides that I'm just raising my baby and yeah, trying oh. I very you, you, you had a baby after after twenty twenty nineteen. Yes, yes, I had a COVID baby, you know. I used the lockdown very right. Oh beautiful stuff. <laughs> and and how old is he or she? He's two years old now. Two years. Yes. Lina la kake kemang. Lina Lina kake kemang. Lina la kake kemang. Lina la kake Lina la all right, Biwi, thank you, man. It's always a great converse, uh, great time to have this conversation with, with you. Why do I enjoy so much these conversations? lifestyle, I mean, there's a lot to talk about. You can never run out of talking points. social media, where do they go? We pillow travels on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. And yeah, thank you for having me on the network. And it was lovely having this conversation and in the, being in the presence of your listeners as well. Thank you very much. To the next time. We give thanks. We have a blessed one. Thank you. And that's how we come to the end of today's discussion with Bipilo. Bipilo Tadinyani. On all the what uh, I mean the social media platforms. Bipilo Travels is her handle on Instagram. Big thank you to the team today. Our senior producer, Kathy, thank you very much. The whole team is here. Bishop Yamakubu Tabamusiapo, they are what winning, I should say. Thank you very much. The Juke, the only one, Tumelo Situnyan is here. I am Sir Max. We are leading a global quantum shift of the brain. We are engineering a shift in global consciousness. We are breeding a new generation of thought-provoking leaders. We are Sir Max Network.